Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is inner testimony, and now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Today, I want to read something from my favorite little book, Experiencing God Through Prayer, by Madame Grillon. This is a version that the editor is Donna C. Arthur, and I want to read you something from it. Of course, in French, it was called a short and easy method of prayer. But Donna Arthur translates it, experiencing God through prayer. That's very good. I'm going to start at the very beginning, chapter 1. This is Madame Guillon, and the chapter is entitled, Thirsting for God. And I'm reading from the book now. Everyone is capable of praying, but many have the mistaken idea that they are not called to prayer. Just as we are called to salvation, we are called to prayer. Scripture commands us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is nothing more than turning our heart toward God and receiving in turn his love. So let me talk about that for just a moment. First of all, let's, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, she says, everyone is capable of praying. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to belong to some particular organized religious group. Everyone is capable of praying. And what is it? It's turning your heart toward God. Now, where is our heart turned most of the time? It's turned toward the world. We want something. We want to get into the Starbucks drive through first before the other car. We want people to think well of us. We want to be admired. We want to be worshipped. We don't want someone to see that we're making a mistake or that we're wrong. So we're constantly turned toward the world for something that we want. But if instead you could turn your heart to God, do you see? And if you did, that would be a prayer, wouldn't it? It would. So the next thing I want to say is you don't need words. You can simply turn your heart to God. Have you ever known someone that maybe when you were a child, there was someone who was very nice, a very nice uncle or aunt or someone, and they looked at you with concern. And when you talked, they listened. And their heart was turned toward you, wasn't it? See, do you understand? Then other people, they talked to you with a lot of words, but they were talking at you. Not to you, but at you. you. You see? So it's very simple. You turn your heart to God. And then you receive, in turn, His love. See, it's a reciprocal thing. It's a relationship. I was thinking the other day about light. In the beginning, at the very beginning of the universe, there was light. God said, let there be light. Why did he create? The light is a very special thing. Einstein once said that he was going to spend the rest of his life trying to understand what light is. It's a marvelous thing, light. But I, I realized that the reason God made light is because he wanted everybody to be able to see his creation, to see the rose, 
to see the blue sky and the stars and the mountains and to see people and everything. You need light. So he made light so we could see, we could marvel, we could delight in, we could wonder about, we could appreciate his glorious creation. So light gives glory, doesn't it? You know, when they said when Moses came back from Mount Sinai, his face glowed. And if I'm not mistaken, when, remember during the transfiguration when they saw Christ transfigured and he was talking, I think, with Moses and Abraham, I can't remember, his garments shone with bright brightness. So light illuminates and it also gives glory to the creator of, of all things. Now, oh yes, so it's reciprocal, isn't it? So what I was going to say is, God doesn't just make things, he wants somebody to enjoy them. It's like if you, if you make a meal. All right, you can make it for yourself, but it's so much more wonderful when you make the meal and other people enjoy it. You paint a picture so other people can enjoy it. You play music, you sing or you play an instrument so other people can enjoy it. You see, there's a reciprocation. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. You play, they enjoy. You cook the meal, they, they enjoy. Do you see? So, when you turn your heart to God, See, he responds. It's reciprocal. So, all you have to do is turn your heart to God. And doesn't it also say in the Bible that God knows what we want before we even ask for it? Like you moms, when your child comes, you can tell when there's something that's not quite right. The child doesn't have to tell you. You already know. So, you turn your heart to God. Now, let me continue reading. Meditating on God's word in prayer is desirable, but known by very few. For those who are seeking salvation, meditative prayer is not what God requires of you or what I would recommend. You see, yes, it is possible to read something, like to read um, some of this book or to read one of my books, or to read the Bible. I'm not saying that my book is, is like the Bible. I'm just saying something that has a little bit of inspiration or value in it. You can read a little bit of it. Then, all of a sudden, there's an internal testimony. The Spirit testifies and kind of says, yes, something stands out. And then you, you realize, oh, I see. And it's beautiful. And then at that point, close the book 
and then go about your daily activities. That's enough for the day. It's something to to appreciate and to 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 ponder. It will be the basis of more realizations and more understanding and deeper understanding. But most people, they they don't read right. They devour. And what are they looking for? They're like pigs. I'm sorry. Well, Christ is the one who said, don't cast your pearl before swine. So he's calling some people swine. They devour. Why? Why? They want something to glorify themselves, to impress other people. Something to make themselves look wonderful or think they're great or smart or something. Oh, they're looking for some answer. My wife cheated on me, so can I leave my wife? Can I get a divorce? Oh, I met this other lady, and my wife doesn't understand me, but this other lady understands me. Can I, can I divorce my wife? And so they look to see if they can find where it says in the Bible, yeah, go ahead and divorce your wife. See? No, that's not the right way to read. So you read a little bit until you realize something, until something is highlighted. Then you can put it aside. Or it can be the beginning of a, of a flow of, of understanding. But most people don't read right. They or they study. And why do they study? Another reason is because they're being told to study. Someone is motivating them to study. Some religious person, some teacher, some professor. Someone is motivating them. And so they're reading because they're they're looking to this other person for guidance, for telling him what to do. And so they obey the other person. So they're, they're hypnotically caught up with the other person who they think will help to glorify them or save them or, or, or improve them or something. And then they read because they've been told to read. I was look this morning I was out for my walk and there's an exercise place nearby you know one of these new exercise places and the person there was barking orders with a, a loudspeaker I guess and the people were just doing whatever she said so they were told to run around laps so they did they were told to jump up and down 10 times and they did they were told to pick up a weight and carry it over their head and go a lap around the parking lot. So they did. So there they were all walking, carrying a weight above their head. It looked ridiculous, but they were just all obeying her. Okay, that's. I guess that's all right. But when it comes to matters of the heart, wouldn't you rather obey God? Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't it be better to look to Him, to be guided by Him? And if there's something to read that you would intuitively sense, intuitively reach for something. See, I can go into a bookstore. I guess we can't now with this COVID thing, but I can go into a bookstore and I go to a section and I pick a book off the shelf. Why did I pick that book? I don't know. I open it up. Ah, there's, there's the answer or there's, there's something.
So look to God. Now, so she said, so Madame Guillon said, I don't recommend it. So maybe some people can do it. You know, if you start meditating and you turn your heart to God and you have the right intent, yeah, then you can read a little something. And then, like I said, something is highlighted and you realize from it and then you put the book away. But it's the internal testimony that's the important thing, you see. But otherwise, you're better off not reading. Because you'll read wrongly. You'll read e egotistically. You'll read it hypnotically. And um, it, it actually distracts you from, from prayer. So Madame Guillon goes on to say, she said, I don't recommend it for most of you. She said, are you thirsting for those living waters Jesus promised when he said, if any person thirst, let them come unto me and drink. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment, give us a call at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Or visit our website at SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Thanks for listening. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Today, I want to read something from my favorite little book, Experiencing God Through Prayer, by Madame Guillon. Come, you poor wandering sheep, back to the shepherd. See, the problem is we've all, we're all following the wrong shepherds. So who's your shepherd? Some guy in front of some big group somewhere? Some guy who's written some books? Who's your shepherd? Or is it that voice in your mind? Maybe that's your shepherd. The voice in your mind. See, God doesn't talk to us with words. He shines his light upon things and then we see and realize. We see what to back away from and some things we are delicately and intuitively and wordlessly nudged in that direction. And so we take a step and check with our conscience and then we take another step and check with our conscience and somehow we're delicately guided. But then there's another shepherd. It's the shepherd with the voice. The voice in your mind. You might even think it's you. 
he masquerades as you, this other shepherd. He says, you're not being appreciated at work. How many years has it been since you've got a cost of living raised? They're making more money than you are. They want you to work late. Are you getting paid for working late? The boss likes the other person more than you. You're getting more work than they have. You're not appreciated. Maybe you should quit and go to work for somebody else who, who appreciates you and then throw it in their face. That's the voice. Come, sinners, to your Savior. Come, you who are uneducated in spiritual things. You are not incapable of praying. Yeah, if you're uneducated in spiritual things, you're probably better off. Who did Christ pick for his apostles? Tax collectors and fishermen? Carpent he was a carpenter. If you see, too much learning gets in the way because it becomes your God. It becomes the source of your direction or it, what, what you try to dredge up from your imagination and from your thought processes. Instead of looking for to God for guidance. Let everyone without exception come, for Jesus Christ has called all of you. Those who are without a yielded heart are excused, for there must be a heart yielded before him to receive his love. Yeah, that's right, a hard heart. I heard something the other day. It was the old trailblazer. He's on a lot of Christian stations, you know, the old trailblazer. I forget exactly how he said it. He said it very well, but he said more often than not, when marriages don't work out, it's because one of them wouldn't say, I'm sorry. See? So pride, saving face, some kind of a pride was more important than doing what's right. You see what I mean? Well, so Madame Guillon says, don't bother coming. You're excused. That's right. She says, come then, give your heart to God and learn the ways of prayer. See, who's going to teach you how to pray? Some expert, some professor, somebody who wrote a book? Who's going to teach you how to pray? Wouldn't it be nice if God taught you how to pray? When you were a little child, and you... I've used this example so often, but it's, it, it's good because you can, you can relate to it. You can remember when you were a little child and you got maybe really angry at your mommy and you said, I hate you. And then you went off and then you felt bad. Well, and then you wanted to make things right. Isn't that about as close to prayer as you can get? Your conscience from God is making you feel bad and you want to make things right. See? Maybe you don't know how to make things right. You wish you could undo what you did, but you can't, and so you just feel bad. Well, that's a prayer to God. And he answers that kind of prayer, you know. She says, Prayer can help you to attain perfection because it will keep you in the presence of God. That's very profound. Christ said, Be ye perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
It's a process of, of being perfected. That's what it is, being perfected. Even Christ was in the process of being perfected. Remember one time his, his mother came to him and told, asked him to do so. He said, what do you want with me? My time has not yet come. It wasn't a time yet. So it's a process of being perfected. And so what could be better than to be in the presence of God? If you're in the presence of God, you're, be, you're being perfected. When you're in the presence of God, then you see what, which way not to go. You see this little thing that you're doing that doesn't quite make sense. You don't struggle with it or try to do anything, but you just notice, well, what, what am I doing that for? And then you say something, and then you see that you were just saying it to impress somebody. Or you're saying something, and you see, as you're saying it, you can see that you don't really understand what you're saying. So you don't, so you stop. And all of a sudden you see that you have this little resentment towards someone and you see it. And then somehow you can, you're able to let it go or it lets you go or it goes away. It's a process of being perfected. But in order to be perfected, you have to be close to God. There has to be contact. You have to see in his light and realize and experience what he wants you to experience, usually just a little bit of a little bit of embarrassment or a little bit of shame or a little bit of sadness when you see something uh, that you're doing that's not quite right. But you have to see it. So the presence has to be there. I'm quoting Madame Guillon here. Now she's quoting from Genesis. Walk before me and be thou perfect. See? So, yeah, I think you got the idea. We are brought into his presence and kept there without interruption through prayer. See, it's a, it's a continuity. Once you begin on the path, you refine the presence again. In other words, if you were to, to sit quietly, get the little meditation that I have, it's free. I always talk about it. I've made it free. Learn to sit quietly, close your eyes, and look at the little glow of light on the inside of your eyelids, the little pattern of light, little pixels of light, little sparkles of light on the inside of your eyelids. And also become aware of your hands so that it begins to tingle a little bit. And you're sitting quietly then there'll be a flurry of things that want to carry you away. Thoughts will arise. They want to carry you away. Your imagination rises to carry you away. But you see it, and you, you notice the thought, and then you look at the pixels on the inside of your eyelid. The thought goes away. And, and it's like that. But then you will begin to notice things in this light in which you are now, in which you now abide. You have found this light and you have extended it and you have a yielding heart, as Madame Rion says. You want to know the truth. 
and you're willing to admit you're wrong. So then what? Then you're going to see one of your errors. You're going to see that you're, you're impatient with your child. Then you see it, and it makes you a little bit sad. And you maybe realize that you hated your dad, or something like that. Or you were totally unfair and mean to your husband or to your wife. You see it, and it may bring tears and sobbing, because now you see the truth, and you're willing to admit the truth. And that reconciles you to God. And so that's the beginning of it. But you do see how you're in the presence. You're in the presence of, of God. And we are brought into his presence and kept there without interruption through prayer. Okay, that's what, that's what I wanted to talk about. We're kept there without interruption. See, it's a continuous thing. So once this process begins, once it begins, it goes on forever. God draws you to himself, and he won't let you go. Because you're, you, want him, you want him in your life, and you're willing to admit you're wrong, and you don't want to hate people anymore. And so it begins, and it goes on forever. And it's a process of perfect, perfecting, being perfected in God's light and being drawn ever closer to him. It's a continuous process. The light at dawn, it gets brighter and brighter. It's like turning up the switch. It's continuous. See? So salvation is continuous. Now, things will come along and they will try to they will try to convince you that it's not continuous. Some voice in your mind will say, you know, it's too late. God can't, won't forgive you or you're, you've committed the, the unforgivable sin. That voice in your mind, people will interrupt. They'll try to divert you. And they will try to, to convince you that it's not continuous. Oh, no, the, you know, this meditation thing and finding God yourself. No, 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 you have, you have to join this group over here. Yeah, they'll try to interrupt. If you follow them, you're lost. But you know what? If you're on the path, even if you accidentally veer off in the wrong direction, then God will make you aware that you did. And when you see it, then you'll come back. You see what I mean? So it's a very beautiful thing. Once it begins, it goes on forever. God draws you to himself, and he won't let you go. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.